Diversity, it might be what's holding your team back and you may not know it yet and may not know how to solve it. For that reason, I'm really excited to tell you that Data Futurology has established a partnership with She Loves Data and we're doing a series dedicated on improving diversity in your organization, in your teams, in your workplace, so you can get the most value out of your teams, out of your data and create products that the market really wants. Tune in every week as we speak with executives and female leaders from all over the world on how they have targeted and improved the diversity on their teams. And you can find out what we can learn from them. We are thrilled as a She Loves Data to be part of the Tough Futurology podcast, where we will showcase some female leaders, but the leaders from tech industry. And we will be talking about strategies, about data, about biases, and about diversity. Join us. I wanted to say a big thank you to our sponsors. One of our sponsors is Shine Solutions Group. Shine Solution Group is a technology consultancy that has been empowering their enterprise and government partners with pragmatic technology solutions for over 20 years. Learn more at shinesolutions.com. Also a big thank you to SAS, giving you the power to know. Through innovative software and services, SAS empowers and inspires data advocates around the world to transform data into intelligence. Committed to diversity, did you know about the Women in Analytics Network that they have? It's a SaaS-sponsored networking program aimed to strengthen diversity in the analytics field. Check it out in the show notes below. They're definitely committed to it as they're helping us with this diversity series too. I also would like to tell you about Growing Data. Growing Data is a consultancy that helps organizations unlock the full potential of their data. They work with some of Australia's most successful organizations from finance. They work with people like ANZ Bank, through to biotechnology companies like CSL, and all the way to construction, working with companies like Metricon. They help these and many more companies solve their most challenging data-related problems in analytics, machine learning, data engineering, and data governance. While I was at ANZ Bank, I got the pleasure to work with the team at Growing Data, and I can tell you for a fact, they are top-notch. I highly recommend Growing Data. Find out more at growingdata.com.au. Also, a big thank you to Talent Insights. Talent Insights are Australia's leading data specialist recruitment business. They are experts in recruitment strategy and delivery for analytics and data teams. They are the go-to recruitment business for all your data roles in Australia, and they can help both with permanent hires and short-term project-focused data resources. I've used Talent Insights in the past, and I've always found them fantastic to work with. Visit them at talentinsights.com.au. Hi, this is Felipe Flores. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Data Futurology on our partnership with She Loves Data. Today, we're speaking about soft skills versus hard skills and what's going to be more relevant in the next decade within analytics and data science teams. From the She Loves Data side, we have Renee. She's joining us uh, today as a co-host, and Renee is the global expansion lead for She Loves Data. How are you doing today, Renee? I'm great today, Felipe. It's really great to finally be here with you and with our guests. I'm looking forward to our discussion. Same here. It's going to be such a, a, a great discussion. And we have Figen Olgen, who is the head of analytics and insights at Woolworths New Zealand. Uh, Figen, how are you doing today? Thank you so much. It's Friday evening, but I'm totally energized to be here. I love it. Thank you so much. And we also have Angela Kim, who is the head of analytics and AI at Teachers Health. Angela, how are you? Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for um, the invitation. I'm so pleased to be here with wonderful guests, Renee and Figen, and um, host um, Felipe. Thank you. Amazing. I've been looking forward uh, to speaking with you all. And it's great to have you here today. So I thought I would uh, kick us off by asking our guests to share their origin story about how you got involved into the world, into the world of data and AI, and what was it that pulled you in initially? Uh, again, I might I might start with you. Uh, how how was your journey? And then we'll go over to to Angela. How about again? How was yours? 
Sure. First, I'll start with telling you that I'm originally from Turkey. Usually people are curious when they, you know, yes. they don't know how to pronounce it and they can't figure out exactly where in the world it is from. Uh, I was born in Turkey and raised there. I studied computer engineering um, and I was always super intrigued with unknown things or uh, machines that can kind of think like humans. So I did a master's degree in expert systems. I was a Fulbright scholar in the United States. Wow. And then I moved to Japan and I um, uh, studied neural networks, how to build them using machines. And around that time, it was pretty unusual. Not many people were talking about machine learning or data science. Uh, and I remember you know, uh, working on speech recognition and starting a model to learn and coming back the next day. Fortunately, wow. uh, computing has progressed quite a bit and I had the opportunity to work in companies like Microsoft, Intel. And actually my last job at Intel, I was working on high performance computing, which was uh, about building a platform to make artificial intelligence go much, much faster. And uh, I moved to New Zealand because I have a Kiwi husband and and I've been working with Woolworths New Zealand as their head of analytics. That is incredible. And um, yeah, I, I love the fact that, uh, that you did a PhD in machine learning before it was cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> you are, you are, um... <laughs> Amazing. Um, and Angela, I've, I've, I'm, I'm keen to hear your story as well. How, how did you get into the world of data, um, into the world of AI, and how did you end up today as a head of analytics and AI at Teachers? Oh, thank you. Thanks, um, Philippe, for asking you know, great question for a start, especially, right? Before I begin, I'm figuring you're from Turkey, right? I'm from South Korea. And um, by the way, South Korea and Turkey are sister countries, very close. Yes, so, they are very related. Very close, you know. So any, um, if you, Turkey's people go to Korea and say, I'm from Turkey, everyone said it, you're my sister and brother, you know, decision <laughs> and vice versa. Due to um, the Korean War, the kind of support from Turkey, um, the friendship, people never forget. Anyway, so. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Our language <laughs> yeah. has the same origin. <laughs> yes. So um, I came to Australia when I was at year 10. And um, so you can, you could see that, you know, English was um, quite challenged because um, I was the only Asian in the school. And um, oh. luckily I loved mathematics and my mathematics teacher was brilliant. So even though I struggled, um, you know, my teachers and, you know, all, you know, principal, they really encouraged me to be persistent and, you know, it will come and just, you know, enjoy. And I'm so lucky. I was so lucky to meet great um, lecturers, you know, professors um, at university, Macquarie University. I did, um, you know, apply finance mathematics. And um, again, I met great, you know, lecturers and professors. And whenever I don't understand. I went over. I asked three times. <laughs> and then whenever I asked, they said, oh, you're more than welcome. Come back again. So I went, you know, quite often. And I still keep in contact with all my lecturers and professors. And um, I really, you know, contribute, you know, all my, you know, the learnings and love for mathematics because, you know, the teachers and professors and lecturers, that's why huge respect for the teachers uh, who's working in education, you know, field. And um, obviously, um, when I was doing, um, you know, actuary slash, slash quantitative um, kind of statistics, I really enjoyed um, the quant, you know, component. And when I started working as an intern at Commonwealth Bank, as a junior um, analyst, I met great um, statisticians from overseas, China and India. And um, I learned so much from them. And, um, you know, I fell in love with the data science. Now it's called, you know, data science back then, advanced statistics. And then one thing led to another, met, you know, great mentors and ma managers, you know, organizations. So I worked, you know, um, insurance company banking alternatively, tried to learn more and grow and contribute more. And um, that's how, you know, where I am now. And um met great managers and colleagues and people, you know, really made a difference on my journey. And um, as much as I enjoyed working on data and technology, I more enjoyed working with people because, you know, at the end of the day, the people 
that made a difference and that stays with your heart to longer. And um, I feel like I'm very lucky and thankful that I am in this industry that's where I can really enjoy working with great people and continue learning. And like Vegan touched on, have you always having curious mind? I think that really helped as well. Great. Thanks so much to both of you. I think this is what I love about my role with She Loves Data. I love hearing people's stories. And Angela, you kind of gave us a really nice lead into our topic today because, you know, as both of you were going through your sort of um, your experiences, your credentials, you both sound to be very technically skilled. And uh, for someone like me, who's always worked on the soft side, uh, soft skills side, sometimes that can be intimidating. Um, but again, you said that you love working with people and, and obviously that's, um, very much what part of the soft skills part. So again, we're going to, today we want to talk about the hard skills versus soft skills. And, um, we know that, you know, the kind of after the 2008 financial crisis, and now that we're, um, we've had so much disruption due to COVID, I think there's a, this understanding or belief that there's an increased demand for technical skills and training. Um, and we're certainly seeing that with She Loves Data. Um, we, we offer both soft skills training and a lot of technical training. And when we pull our, our, um, our tribe, as we call them, the demand for technical skills is definitely much higher. So I think there's generally a common belief that technical skills lead to greater employment opportunity. Um, so I thought we'd start by sort of defining what, what do we mean by soft skills? And so some of those examples would be things like communication and negotiation, critical thinking and problem solving, adaptability and lifelong learning, interpersonal and empathy, we've got the EQ there, leadership and management, entrepreneurship and initiative taking, and I think teacher and training, or sorry, teaching and training. So I guess, how are these kinds of skills relevant in today's tech and data industries? And, and really like, how are they contributing? I guess I'll start, if you don't mind, Angela, um, you know, Renee, that list is really great. And when you were going through it, I was just thinking, I think what jumps out of that for me is two things. First of all, I think they're incredibly important. And I would actually put them, you know, on par with technical skills, because somebody who has fantastic technical skills and no soft skills, unfortunately, isn't going to be uh, either successful for themselves or bring success to the problems that they are tackling in my uh, experience and opinion. But just out of that list that you went through, I think for me, um, the most important ones are communication and empathy. Uh, because, you know, Angela, you said, you know, you love people. If you don't, uh, if you can't put yourself in other people's shoes, it's not just about um social life. It's actually really trying to see a problem from someone else's perspective. And this is actually especially true for analysts. Somebody, a business stakeholder comes to you with a problem and you really need to under, try to understand what is it that they are failing to accomplish or what is the exact problem? Because sometimes people don't come to you with the perfect problem definition. You need to kind of extract it from from them. And if you don't have the communication skills or the ability to uh, try to see things from their perspective, I think it's pretty difficult to get to the actual analytics part. That's yeah, right. I think it's the, not just the, the, um, the problem itself, but their approach can sometimes just be very, mm -hmm. you need to understand where they're coming from in their approach initially. Sorry, Angela, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Renee. Um, because when I when we when um, we talk about you know the people um, and having em empathy in a technology um, the world, it really excites me because <laughs> I believe it's really important. As much as we need to learn more and have advanced the technical skills, so that we can really fine tune the model better, at more accuracy, so that we can have better predictive model, so that we can serve the customers um, you know better with the product and services. But as much as it's important. It's important to consider about the people who will be served on the other end. Because um, as you know, Renee mentioned, then Figan touched on, the empathy is very important because having considered mind and having just one dimensional mind makes a huge difference because it really opens different perspectives. And that brings back to 
ethical technology, ethical AI in technology and um, the ethics by design, because um, when people design the product and service, having empathical mind and consider about the diverse, the marginalized and minority population cohort of people that thinking about the impact and consequences makes a huge difference in the beginning when you start the journey of um, the building product and service in the organization and um, the end outcome and making less mistake, less harm, unintended bias can be all prevented. And that's really important because um, when I was, um, I was really surprised to see that um, in September last year, uh, I was in um, Boston, Harvard University, Berkman Client Center for the workshop. And um, I was really um, impressed about how the school opened up the, the lunch and learn um, the community session to wider audience regardless of um, the background, the skin color, you know, knowledge background, education background, age, you know, doesn't matter. Because the topic was about, you know, harm from technology and the school is um, law school. They are trying hard to really share the knowledge and insights to the broader community and try to really find out, you know, what they need to know. So really embracing community, broader, diverse and inclusion that, you know, principle and try to really work together with the community, not just, oh, we are this, you know, prestigious, you know, education institute. We just, true, you know, treat, you know, smart people and uh, we are only interested in those people. You know, I was really surprised to say that they are really humble and ready to really work together. And um, I believe, you know, their conversation is very helpful. And on, this thing, on that sense, this kind of forum is very important too, because, you know, this really generates more ideas and thoughts and, let people think about, you know, what that means to me and what's the implication of technology to us. And it really brings out, you know, very important conversation. People need to talk more. So true, isn't it? I love, I love that fact that they were opening it up to everyone to be able to give them a taste of what they may not know and what may not come naturally to them. And uh, I think that's a really good segue for um, for something else that I want to to ask you both. And uh, again, we, we might start with you again. Um, I wanted to ask about about these you know soft skills and and definitely on the empathy side and communication skills. Are these things that that they can they be taught? Um, can can people who have more of a technical bent um, can they, you know, learn these, uh, excel at these soft skills? What are, what are your views and how are ways? Are there any, any tips that you may have for, uh, for the audience in terms of how either to acquire these skills or impart them to others? I mean, I guess I feel like they can be learned, you know, because I guess otherwise you're in a really tough situation. You're either born with it, you know, or not, right? So I, I want to believe that they can be learned. Um, I think generally, I believe that everybody has empathy to some extent, and it's just about, you know, uh, kind of honing it to be better. And um, one of the things that I like to do with the people that I coach is Actually, it's very easy to envision a scenario, and usually they do have these uh, situations where they found it difficult. You know, they usually kind of think that, oh, you know, I just can't understand what that person is talking about, or I can't, um, you know, get this information from this person. So, just basically, I try to uh, make them think through where are they getting stuck and. You know, what is it that they can do? And I'm uh, fortunately, apparently, there's apparently a test for this. I'm off the charts empathic. So I can kind of always see where they are stopping and what is that additional step that they could take. But it's the, uh, the important thing is that actually not just telling them what to do over there, but kind of making them realize that if they did something uh, different, they can actually um, get better results. So it's very uh, business focused, obviously, because I manage the members, you know, coach the members of my team. But I think uh, if you, I mean, we even did role playing with uh, some members of my team. Like I ended up being the other person and, you know, they approached me the way that they normally would approach uh, the person that they're having either difficulty with or the problem that they're trying to solve. Um, 
And, you know, I felt like people did actually improve. Does it come automatically? No, not in every case, but I definitely have seen improvements in a lot of cases. So I believe that it can be learned. That's, that is fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and, and did you say, so you're off the charts on empathy specifically? Yeah, I don't know. I guess, you know, when I see somebody in pain, I actually physically feel their pain. So wow. and there, there was a uh, there was a test. Um, you know, I kind of joke. I say that I've taken every test about personality traits known to corporate uh, world. And there was this one test. I remember they literally said, oh, OK, this is like normal population. And here's where you are. And that is really <laughs> off the charts. So um, I feel I, I'm super lucky to be in that category. I never knew that until they told me. I just thought that I'm careful about people and situations. And honestly, I have to confess to one more thing. Yes, think, please. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> two things really, really shaped me. One of them, I had to live in Japan, uh, you know, when I did my PhD, and I also worked in a Japanese company. When I started, I did not speak a single word of Japanese. And, you know, if you have lived in Japan or interacted with Japanese people, they don't use gestures or they don't, uh, you know, they don't show a lot of facial mm. expressions. Well, I'm from Turkey. We use our hands <laughs> a lot and we laugh, you know. So I had to kind of cross that um, chasm and understand what they might be feeling. Mm -hmm. So that made me super um, aware of slight, you know, changes mm -hmm. in facial mm -hmm. expression or just, you know, someone looking elsewhere when they're talking to you or this little sigh, they kind of just, you know, uh, take. So I think uh, Japan really, really helped me in uh, building that out. And the second thing is, um, Angela, I'm so glad you had wonderful mentors. It's that I did my share of wonderful mentors and not so great managers. So I think I learned a lot from, you know, the people that I had to work with who didn't have the best ways of communicating or empathizing. And I always thought, what shouldn't I do that they're doing? What's a different way of doing this? So, um, yeah, those great learning opportunities. That's amazing. I um, I can't believe that, you know, the, the experience of your PhD of going to, to another culture helped you dial your superpower up, up to, you know, up a notch or two. That's, um, that's amazing. Um, so, a Angela, I, definitely, I, I wanted to, to ask you a, um, you know, Essentially, a related question: Can can people learn these these soft skills? And and um, if you can focus on what would these skills allow them to do? So, if we think about a, a typical technical person that may may want to, um, you know, work in in silence in front of their computer, I know that that's that's at least my my also my natural state. Um, and, but then having having these soft skills, can they? help you improve or help people improve um, the, the delivery of projects or taking, taking things to completion, to production, to have bigger business impact? What have you seen as the, the benefits of, of, um, of these soft skills out in the field? Hmm. Thank you for the question, Philippe. Um, by the way, I really enjoyed the Figgins story. Um, that was really fascinating. <laughs> so you're not only a um, high IQ person, but a high EQ person as well. Very lucky, I guess. Very lucky. But um, back to Philip's question. Yes, I think um, as um, you know, Figgins mentioned, um, you, know, you can hone, you can train um, the soft skill as well because um, it's very similar to you can train to be a you know, data scientist, you know? Some people say, oh, you know, I'm not very good at mathematics, but actually you don't need um, advanced rocket science mathematics to be able to, you know, understand, you know, data science model, right? So you don't need it. So again, um, soft skill is important and can be trained, but I think it's good to see that, you know, more people are aware of that, you know, as much as you need to teach the people with the technical skill, but you need to really teach um, the analyst um, soft skill because um, at the end of the day, you have to be able to work with the team members. 
you know, you can't just, you know, work by yourself, right? You, as you mentioned in the beginning. So it is really important how to be a team player and how to really try to, you know, work together because um, in a working environment, the team is made up of not just one person. And um, sometimes people um, spend more time <clears throat> to sort out the problem, like, you know, the friction or the, you know, personality clash or something like that, rather than, you know, going over disputing um, the model, different, you know, the, um, the kind of model, right? So I think, um, you know, soft skill, I believe um, it should be really taught earlier stage, not just the university or later stage. I think because with the um, technology evolvement, you know, the more we need more people to be able to actually work with the machine, not just, you know, with your peer colleagues, right? The machine and human and um, human to human. So we are talking about a few dimensions of interactions and it will get more complicated. And that means we need to be able to socially actually well coordinate those relationships because um, it's adding another dimension to your, um, the working space, right? But um, corporates need to really pay more attention in terms of um, providing the trainings and more um, activities at the team so that, you know, the team members can learn from each other and spend good quality time to really understand and improve those um, the social skills because um, some people might come naturally, some people don't, but we don't, there's nothing right or wrong answers. It's just we are different. So acknowledging really differences because um, as much as um, skin color differences, um, you know, beautiful, it's, you know, diverse and you know, it, it makes, you know, the mixture more like, you know, harmony and different skill set as well, because it will complement. Eventually, different skill sets will complement, same as the personality, because everyone's going out on personality and everyone's quiet, then it will be very dull society, right? So by acknowledging and embracing differences and try to understand, oh, this is beautiful because we are different. How can I learn from each other? And, you know, having that kind of I think, mindset and really promoting that, acknowledging difference is, you know, it's beauty. It's not something because you are, you're different from me doesn't mean that, you know, you're wrong or I'm, or I'm wrong, right? It's acknowledging, oh, this is beautiful because you're different from me. There's another things I can learn from you. So I think that kind of conversation, you know, happening younger age so that when you're little, you can already try to think, oh, this is, um, you know, really, you know, diverse, you know, and inclusive society. And um, I think um, that kind of thing will help, you know, in the technology environment as well. I think uh, maybe if you did those tests that again was talking about, you might be off the charts empathetic also, Angela, <laughs> by the way you're talking <laughs> <laughs> but you never know. <laughs> Thanks, um, Renee. It's very kind of I feel like, um, you know, the three of you are all, you have very technical backgrounds, work in very technical fields. Um, as someone, as I said, I've, I've worked more in relationship management throughout my career. And, and to be honest, I've often felt like those skills are um, uh, not maybe as highly respected. Um, and all of you obviously have a great deal of respect and advocate for building these skills and, and developing them in your teams. But do you feel that that's true, you know, across the board within more technical um, industries? Um, and also related to that, you talked, you mentioned that um, corporations need to be conscious for how they can build these soft skills within their teams. Um, I was also curious, it sounds like both of you have taken on that as an in, as individuals in terms of mentorship of teams. Um, you've acknowledged that corporations have a role to play, but I'm also thinking about what about government um, and what about academia? Like where where does the development of these skills sort of fit in the bigger picture? Um, when it comes to academia, again, I'm very passionate about the education because um, education. I work as a woman um, in AI education ambassador for Australia and also I head up global education program for the global um, um, women in AI, you know, Dutank based in Paris. So there are three brave French women studied, okay, let's change the world together. <laughs> and it all, you know, started and, you know, we have a 28 global ambassadors working really hard. So most of, you know, regular, you know, daily, um, the nights, you know, 10 o'clock, nine o'clock, 
I have meetings with um the global um the you know the ambassadors, and we always talk about you know how can we help the globally try to really move together, try to help education because um obviously especially females in education is very important, and the technology area especially and um especially lower social economic area where we have more vulnerable you know cult of people you know um less benefiting right so. When you talk about academia, I can see that there's movement from you know leading institutions are trying to really, really acknowledging social skill is very important and how can we really um you know cross pollinate technology skill and social skills and try to you know bring it together so that we can work in um you know creating a better outcome. So the the, the emphasis is coming through, which is good, and more conversations happening, which is really great, but. It's too slow. That's my personal opinion. It's too slow because technology is moving really fast and academia, government, slightly slower, you know, catching kind of a tail. And I'm feeling very, very <laughs> passionate about, you know, what can we do more? So I'm really trying to have a more conversation with the different stakeholders, you know, really trying to have understand what's the best practice in other countries, how, you know, Canada is doing, how US is doing, how EU is doing, and try to learn everything and bring back to Australia and New Zealand as well, because we are like, you know, you know, brother, sister, you know, country next door, right? So to us, um, to me, I think, um, you know, a lot of best practices happening, education, even social and technology coming together is happening different kind of, you know, world, right? And um, again, this kind of, you know, really forum is important because we get to really discuss about it. And we get to really um, share the insights so that more audience can really find out, oh, this is a new way of, you know, you know working, right? Soft skill is very important. Maybe at university, you can actually teach it and you can share it so that we can learn new methods and new trend. Um, so I think it's slow, but it's happening. So it's um, positive but I think we have a still long way to go. Thanks for that. Renee, I wanted to answer uh, your first question. I guess um, you, I think asked whether um, technical skills are assessed, you know, to be more important when let's say corporations are hiring. And I think that's absolutely true because they're easier to assess in an interview or it's easier to scan in a resume. I know seven programming languages or I have built, you know, I guess machine learning models on this, using this framework, et cetera. They are so tangible, um, but I've rarely, honestly, actually, I think I've rarely seen um, people kind of mention, oh, I'm a good communicator or I'm a uh, problem solver. But beyond that, nobody says things like, I'm very empathic. <laughs> and I think, you know, mo most managers would probably say, you know, <laughs> I, I wonder why you even mentioned that. Because I think people don't immediately, a lot of people don't notice how important it is to have those additional, you know, soft skills. The funny thing is, I think once you get in and you try to drive especially um, cross-group projects or cross-company projects where you have to bring lots of different people together that's where soft skills are super important and then they are realizing oh we have all of these people who do not like to talk to each other or who cannot work together then the people with soft skills either you know excel in those kinds of roles or they are uh, trying to train all of us to have those soft skills. I mean, I remember um, having had lots of training, group training at Microsoft, for example, and Intel around a bunch of you know, diversity topics, interpersonal uh, communications, et cetera, all of those. I think they are hoping that they can hire for technical skills and then you know, train with the soft skills. Mm -hmm. And, it, and when it comes to, I guess, what uh, academia government can do, uh, when you say academia, I want to kind of actually go down all the way to kindergarten and, you know, elementary school. I think there should be 
a lot more emphasis on collaborative problem solving, um, giving presentations, you know, even when you're little, um, being in front of an audience or going asking questions to other people to collect bits of information. I think those are all uh, things that would help build those kinds of skills, at least some of them. And uh, I was going to ask a follow-up question to, to both of you, and Figen, maybe you first. Um, why, why are those skills important? What, what, what do you see or what, um, what does that allow people to do? Um, does, does it give them, you know, superpowers, um, better, better results, um, a, a better career prospects? What, what are the reasons to, for, for individuals um, that may come from a technical background to, to really hone in their, their soft skills? Uh, what, what can happen in their future as a result? So I think, you know, most of the time, nobody just works as an island or just by themselves, unless you're an author and you're writing something and publishing it. And even then you have to work with your editor. Um, in a corporation, most of the time you have to work in a team. And when you work in a team or with stakeholders, an analytics team, definitely, you have stakeholders. You don't own the business. Business people bring you the request and you have to go back to them to understand what they're dealing with. Or sometimes you have to convince them, you know, with the, that you've done the best analysis or your insights are the insights that they should follow and make business decisions in. So let's say, let's give the example of a meeting. Um, you know, you're presenting and, and if you do not know how to read a room, which is another little soft skill, you will not notice that some of your stakeholders are actually kind of looking at the ceiling because they are totally disengaged or they are actually doubting your results and they're not going to openly say that to you, uh, but maybe they'll just kind of sit there thank you and then walk away and not implement you know what you have recommended which is as far as i'm concerned not a great result right so if you want to uh if you're hoping to you know everybody loves to get their work used and appreciated etc so you know if you want to kind of get those business results um, the soft skills are an essential element of it if you have if you actually really know how to read the room you can say you know, I noticed that maybe this doesn't, you know, this doesn't quite answer your question. Or it's, I actually sometimes say, I think you have a question here, you know, uh, and I didn't stop, you know, maybe let me just take a stop here, take a break here and see if you guys have any questions. What is it that would convince you? Da, 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 da. You know, so I think you can definitely um, elicit. Uh, what's in their minds if you are aware of the fact that they're not forthcoming uh, with those to you. And that's, a, I think, a critical skill. And I love I love that approach, Figen, and, and I know that so many people get stuck when trying to apply soft skills. And I know this definitely happened to me in the past where, you know, they, they, they might be sensing something, they might see or notice something, and and, and sometimes... We don't know how to bring it up. And uh, so I love those examples that you were giving where you were saying, I, I noticed that, you know, you might you might have a hesitation around this or I realized that you might have a question around this. Can we stop and, and uh, can I ask you about what that is? That those are excellent, excellent uh, ways to bring up something that you might sense that you that people may not know how to bring up and definitely a, a very helpful uh, tip. Then Angela, from from your side, what what do you what have you seen that the soft skills allows individuals to be able to do in their career or teams be able to achieve when they are better equipped in in soft skills? Mm. Thank you. Thanks for the um, question, Felipe. Um, because um, I like to talk about you know or make or break the team, the expression, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, you, you, if you have a really good soft skill and the team has, um, you know, someone really who's got strong, you know, soft skills and they can really gel the team together and why it's important because you need to work together. <laughs> and um, as I think we're going to touch on a few examples, it's a great example. It's like, you know, people really, um, you need to um, 
you know, work together to really collaborate, to, you know, work, you know, on the same, you know, project. But if you don't have the soft skill and if you don't really put yourself in other person's shoes, then you miss out a lot of different nuances, which causes a lot of problems because um, especially when we are working in highly advanced technology environment, all these terms or, you know, the, the definitions, um, you have to really tone it down because, um, you know, not everyone understands what you are talking about, but because you are surrounded by all the um, technology, um, you know, specialists, you know, data scientists and engineers, and often some people take it for granted or assume that everyone will understand. But in the project group, some audience might be, what are they talking about? Yeah. <laughs> After 20 minutes, totally losing the interest. But it is not just oh, unlucky. It's, it's really critical. I'm lost because the person turns out to be highly experienced and knowledgeable claim, you know, specialist within the company who's been with um, the organization more than 20 years. And his or her knowledge is fundamental for data science team to really create automated um, this assessing tool. And if you don't understand and really don't have an empathetic mindset about understanding, oh, by the way, because so-and-so doesn't have a technical background, we have to you know, explain this story slightly, tone down much more easier you know, story um, to share the, the model, how the model works, right? So just one thought's difference, make a huge difference in terms of whether you can gel very fast and you know really happily collaborating and try to you know proceed to the next stage of the project and deliver really successful um the outcome versus how come how come this is um always you know blocked there's roadblocks you know here and there because you keep making the same mistake because you don't have social you know skills because um soft skills in terms of um you know how come you don't understand i thought everyone knew about this not really, <laughs> but sometimes, you know, you're surprised that, you know, some people are really thinking different way, right? So that brings back to the, um, the figures point. You need to teach children when they are very young in the kindergarten stage, right? So I think Finland is doing a really great job in terms of education. I was really surprised to talking, when I'm talking with um, the, the Finnish um, the, um, ambassadors, I'm really surprised how their education system is really... Um, flexible and really promoting thinking. So it's not important you get, you know, 10 marks out of, you know, 10 from, for mathematics. It's more important you get really, you do right thing for your friends and you get more mark because you displayed, really collaborated, helping, you know, empathetic mindset, you know, that kind of thing, right? So I think whole education, um, you know, there are areas that we can actually um, improve, consider, how can we have a different kind of models to really teach young um, students? And um, um, last night um, within AI, we ran InterVarsity Grand Challenge Program and the students um, who worked with us for um, the whole 2020 through four workshops and Grand Challenge. I was very impressed. The students came up and said, I think rather than technology skills, having grit, you know, attitude, and really understanding, empathetic mind is very important. And I'm thinking, how did you know? <laughs> so these students never worked in the corporate environment, right? They're university like a second year and third year, but they already know they're very smart. And I'm thinking, wow, this is fascinating. They said, um, we can learn technology skills. And they also said, um, technology, um, things are a lot automated. So now in the future, it's more important having a patience and great mindset and also empathetic mindset to understand people and society to solve the problem. I'm thinking, this is amazing. You know, what can you ask more? So it was just, you know, such a you know, wonderful experience to see that, you know, how students are really working hard to learn that. Um, so again, back to the point. Yes, I think um, it, is, um, it is very important. It's, um, it can really make or break the team so I think we should promote more soft skills in the technology of the working environment. Wow, just back to your comment about those students, if, if that's the future generation, then there's hope for us all, isn't there? If, that, if most of them have an attitude like that, it's very encouraging to hear. I think so, thank you. Um, I think what I've been kind of hearing threaded throughout our conversation is definitely just, really I think it sums up 
in being um, diversity of thought is so critical. So again, maybe we'll start with you. How do you go about creating these perfect teams and putting these teams together that bring the skill set? I mean, obviously it would be great if each one of us as individuals could develop that our own diversity of thought, but really the, the true way of doing that is putting diverse people in the same room um, to address problems and challenges. And then that, that also will help them develop their individuals. But from this standpoint, how do you create those teams? How do you identify um, who has what skills and, and you know, to create those perfect teams? I think uh, I joked about it, but there are lots of these tests that kind of, in some ways, you know, they do a disservice because they try to kind of categorize you into these broad categories, you know, HBDI, et cetera. But they give you a glimpse of, you know, different traits everyone brings into the table. So, you know, usually when I uh, inherit a team, I try to kind of understand uh, what people bring to the table individually through one-on-ones, et cetera. And then uh, there are all these different kinds of tests that we take as a team uh, to understand each other's differences and to really appreciate each other's differences. So um, I generally hire for potential. So either for uh, technical skills or soft skills, I believe that people actually can learn given the opportunity. And then um, I, as a manager, as a leader, try to uh, build balanced teams. You know, I don't always want uh, PhDs in statistics or PhDs in uh, computer science, or I don't always want people who are just, um, you know, creative thinkers or good communicators. It, it is just a really a mixture of all. And then you create the, I think the other uh, thing that's super important is the psychological safety. So how can you be different and be in an environment that actually welcomes the difference? It's okay to be different, say something completely different than everybody else and not have anyone frown or uh, just actually do the opposite. Wow, I never thought about that. That's great. And uh, honestly, I mean, I lived this with my my teams, you know, they sometimes come up with stuff that I would have never thought about. Um, and I then celebrate the fact that we have a diverse team. So I think, you know, as a um, manager, as a hiring manager, you really need to think about what skills do I already have and what don't I have? And then how do I create the environment where people will actually make each other um, be more, um, uh, I guess, open and, um, you know, show, bring their best selves. Yeah. Angela, did you have anything to add to that? That was great. Thank you so much, Figen. No mm. Oh, thank you, Figen. That's, that was really um, lovely to hear that <laughs> because, um, yeah, I echo what um, Figen said. Um, Renee, um, I think it really depends on the leadership. The culture of the leadership really filters down. I should say that not always the leaders are really acknowledging um, the diverse and inclusive culture because mainly because that's how they were brought up <laughs> and they're very used to it. So that's why I think on leadership level, there should be education, should be um, happening in the new world in terms of um, the leaders, not just learning about our new technology, AI, what that means for the business. And also like um, the new way of working, you know, what that means for the business as a leaders, right? But really diversity and inclusive um, culture, um, why do you need to promote it? And what that means for the senior leaders for decision-making for the organization, right? And what that means for the employees that you are, you know, working together. So continuous, um, continued education is important. And also, um, you know, I can see that vegan, your team will be very happy, relaxed, and not afraid of, you know, expressing different opinions because it's very important. It really matters to bring in different insights because it enriches the team because no one's perfect. And by, by bringing all different thoughts, you know, thinkings and perspectives, and you can create much better outcome and much better um 
you know, the, the working environment together. And, um, you know, it's good to hear that, you know, a lot of voices coming through and you can hear that a lot of people acknowledge is really diverse and inclusive culture is very important for technology and AI. And that really highlights again, overall, not just without, you know, even AI, it's important because it makes better team. And um, I know that, you know, sometimes you feel like, oh, you know, you're trying to do, to tick off the box, right? But even then you are making an effort. So by looking, that, looking at it, you think, okay, because you're making conscious effort, they will create a new culture of, um, you know, diverse and inclusive culture and they will become a much better world and um, we are going in the right direction. So I think um, it's positive and it's good to see that, you know. That's amazing. And I love, I love those answers. I love the, you know, the focus on diversity uh, within the team, the, the importance of getting people to, to work together and being able to leverage the best out of everyone. So we're pouring everyone's knowledge into what the, the team and the company can do and achieve. And also um, making sure that the leadership is continually learning and challenging themselves to, to grow sort of beyond their comfort zones as well, to be able to embrace uh, more, more diverse teams and be able to learn from the teams as much as they're, you know, leading them as well. Fantastic, fantastic perspectives. And, and I think a, an amazing note uh, for us to, to end on. And I want to thank you uh, so much for sharing your, your perspectives, your insights, uh, your journeys as well. It's been so inspirational and so important uh, to bring this, this conversation uh, to, to our audience. Uh, so I, I, want to, I want to thank uh, Figen, thank you so much. Angela, thank you so much for that. And Renee, uh, we've uh, done a Futurology. We've enjoyed so much this partnership with She Loves Data. It's definitely opened up our eyes and helping us of, um, minimize our blind spots. And I hope that it's doing the same for, for the audience. Um, so once again, I, I want to uh, thank you all so much uh, for our discussions today and I'm very keen to, to get this uh, to, to the audience. Thank you, it was a pleasure. Thank you guys, lovely conversation. Thank you, thanks Felipe and lovely meeting you Renee. Um, and I love your work, she loves that I do. You know, I really admire it. And um, big and nice meeting you. It's so lovely meeting you and get to know about you. And I really enjoyed the session today. Thank you so much for this. Thank you guys. Thanks everyone.